Hey guys, you're now listening to the Maranatha House Podcast. the awesome worship time that we had together tonight. We thank you for the words that have already kind of come about and uh, prayer for healing and different things. We pray that you bless this time tonight. Uh, Not only have we been learning to love you with our whole heart uh, and our whole spirit and our whole body in the worship and in the baptism of the Holy Spirit over the past several sessions, but tonight we we are learning to love you with our minds and form a theology around uh, the gift of prophecy. And so, Lord, I pray that you teach us tonight, Holy Spirit, I pray that you leave us, lead us in all truth and lead us into all things that the Lord has spoken to us, that we would remember them, that we would treasure those things in our hearts, um, and that we, we would really begin to learn more about who you are through this great gift that you've given us. So, we thank you for your word. Uh, ask that you just breathe on it tonight and... Lord, we just welcome questions, comments, concerns. Holy Spirit, lead everybody in their thinking. Uh, lead me in my teaching. If people have questions, Lord, we welcome that. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, so again, like, like we... Sorry. Big boy. Um, like we always do, if you've got <laughs> questions, comments, concerns as we go through this... Um, Feel free, because I know we all come different. We come from different backgrounds, um, I, you know, and some of us even come from several different backgrounds. I was raised Baptist, and then learned everything that I—not everything—I learned a lot through being in the Word of Faith uh, movement for a long time, and then branched out from that. And and so, you know, um, I know some of us in here may have grown up in other Pentecostal denominations. Some of us may have grown up in other movements. There's a lot of theology around spiritual gifts, even in continuationist circles, which is what we would be considered. Um, and so, and even those of us who came from a cessationist background, especially that, if you have questions as we go through this, cessationism means the gifts have ceased. That's what that means. And so, if you if you have questions as we go through this, please feel free to ask because my heart is, and I think this is the Father's heart, is that you would walk away from these sessions with a greater understanding of the word so that you have the courage to step out and walk into the skin. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so let's jump into it. Everybody go to John 5. We're going to look at verse 19. Um, this is my little intro to prophecy, what it is, and we'll get into some definitions and different things um, as we open this up. So, John five nineteen says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. So, there are a couple different types of prophecy in the Bible. 
There are two specifically in the New Testament, and then there are multiple definitions of prophecy in the Old Testament. But if we were to break this down in its simplest form, what is the gift of prophecy? The gift of prophecy in its simplest form is doing what the Father does and saying what the Father says. says. That's it. That's it. Because prophecy, a lot of the times we, we think about prophecy as in the spoken word of God. Prophecy isn't always a spoken word of God. There are prophetic acts that we can do as a foretelling or a forthtelling, which we'll get into those definitions in a minute, of what things will come. For instance, um, in 2 Kings, there's the story of Nahem, or what is it? What is his name? Naaman, who goes to Elisha, and Elisha says, Go dip yourself in the river Jordan seven times. It's the dirtiest river in all of Israel. I mean, it's pitch black, right? And like murky, gross, uh, but as a prophetic act for healing to come. Naaman went and washed himself in that river seven times. That was prophecy. That was a prophetic act. And so, I don't. when we talk about prophecy, we have to get over this idea that it's just about the things that I say. It's not just about the things that I say. It's also about the things that I do. When Jesus does the things that he does, they're prophetic in nature because they're revealing who the Father is. Does that make sense? It's like the story of him spitting in the, in, in the dirt and creating mud out of it and putting it over the guy's eyes in order for him to create eyes, honestly. Well, what is that a picture of? That's a prophetic picture of Jesus forming Adam in the dirt already. He's taking it back. It's a prophetic image that pushes forward in time. Uh, and so for the prophetic uh, and this gift of prophecy that we're going to be getting into isn't just about what we say. Now, is it going to be centered around a lot of that? Yes, because those are the primary examples that we see in Scripture. But I also want to challenge you, if the Lord tells you to do something as a prophetic act, be encouraged to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, maybe that's a little bit ahead of what we're going to get into, but I, I really want to open us up to this idea that the prophetic and prophecy is more than just what we say. Um. So, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. The bread and butter of the classes that we're doing right now, right? Um, Starting verse 1, we're going to read till verse 11. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, to another according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, 
to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Alright, so a couple things I want to I highlight here. If you have any questions on whether or not somebody is prophesying over you and the prophecy is from the Lord, which we'll get into later because there are three different spirits somebody can prophesy out of. But one thing I want you to take away from this section of scripture because I don't know if we'll come back to it in my notes again. The first thing is if you, if you, if you want to know if somebody is prophesying out of the Holy Spirit, you need to ask them if Jesus is Lord. Because if they're not prophesying out of that spirit, they won't be able to say that. Clearly speaking here, right? The same with the gift of tongues. If someone comes over to you and says, I want to pray in you over tongues, and you have weird, you've got your gift of discerning of spirits goes off, ask them, hey, is Jesus Lord? If they can't answer that, or they answer it wrongly, say, you know what? No, I'm good. (laughs) And then just slowly back up. Uh, This is important, you know. Um, And that's not just... In those two giftings, it's in all of the giftings moving forward. If the people who want to pray over you with each type of gift cannot say that Jesus is Lord, or they say Jesus is accursed, right? Uh, then they're not of the Holy Spirit. They're not coming to you with the heart of the Father or, or Jesus. What and, would be? What would be like a? You think someone would say like Jesus is accursed, or is there another word for a curse that more would be more in our? Um, <laughs> not lit. I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jesus is all right. Uh, yeah. Jesus. Just all yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sorry if that's there, a weird question. No, it's, like, it's it's not a real. What would it's, I be it's, looking? It's, for? it's a really um, honestly, it's a really good question. I would say. Um, Jesus isn't the only way to God. Or, you know, you look at some of the sins that have infiltrated the church and you say something like, they might say something like, um, uh, we should be more more tolerant. You know, we should, uh, you know, things that would clearly go against, against the character of Jesus. Right, you know, um, things that you know are are completely like outright sins, and if somebody comes to you and says Jesus approves of this thing, this isn't a sin, you know anymore. Jesus would have, Jesus would evolve with the times, you know, uh, stuff like that. I would say that person's probably not walking in the Holy Spirit. Um, it's one thing to say something along the lines of, you know, we as God's people should really love this particular people group better and find a way to love the sin out of them in a better way because we haven't done well in this in the past. It's another thing entirely to say uh, Jesus approves of this lifestyle and they don't have to change. You know, the whole point of sanctification is Jesus doesn't approve of a lot of our lifestyles and he loves us regardless and but he loves us enough to change us from the inside out. You know, so um, so I, I think um, and the reason why I say that's the type of language that someone nowadays would use 
is because in, in Hebrews it says, I think it's in Hebrews, it says that uh, if we continue sinning, knowing that Jesus died for us, then we're calling Jesus a curse. We're essentially setting him up to die for us again. Um, that's not the, the exact wording, that's Ronnie's paraphrase. But, but if, if, if someone's coming to you and they're, they're saying that a sinful lifestyle in any particular way is, uh, is okay to Jesus, then they're saying Jesus is accursed by that vernacular based on that verbiage, yeah. that, that set of verses. Does that make sense? It does, okay. yeah. Because I'm very literal, yeah. is this like, hi, I think I have a word for you. Okay, is Jesus Lord? Yeah. Well, I feel like most people would say, yeah. Like, is this a, you're interpreting their prophetic word and hearing that they're insinuating that Jesus is accursed? Or you feel like that's or just like what they will say? Uh, Does that make sense? It could go either way. Okay. It could go either way. It could go either way. Because if, if it's another spirit, and we'll get into this more later, we'll okay. probably flesh it out a little bit better later, and you can ask better questions around some of the things I'll be teaching later. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would say that if a... If a <laughs> If the spirit is in control of that person at that time, and you're talking directly to that spirit, you could say, "Hey, is Jesus Lord?" They're probably no. Yeah. You know, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, okay." But if the yeah, sp- but it's, but if the spirit's not in control necessarily, but it's influencing them, mm-hmm. and it's that spirit that's speaking the word, it's it, it's probably gonna come out sounding different than yeah. just Jesus isn't Lord or Jesus is accursed. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And so that's why it's important to know. Again, as we go through these things, this is why I really wanted to create a framework around Scripture and what Scripture says about prophecy, because if it's a true prophetic word from the Lord, and again, I'll get into this in a little bit, if it's a true prophetic word from the Lord, then, uh, you know, Scripture won't go against it. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? If, if, you, if somebody gives you a prophetic word and you can immediately go, actually, Scripture says this, then go with Scripture, not with what they told you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, never, ever, ever goes against the Word of God because He's the one that wrote it. Mm-hmm. He's the one that influenced all these people and spoke to all these people that wrote the Bible to write what they wrote. Right. And so for Him to speak something new to us that would contradict what the Word of God says uh, would be a double-minded God, and God is not double-minded. Right. Uh, he even says in James um, that a man who's double-minded in all of his ways is like a ship uh, flailing out at sea, being being tossed to and fro among the waves. Right. And so, if God is warning us against being that way, then He's not that way. Right. right? He does not contradict Himself as much as some people might say that He does. Um, they only say that because they don't understand how the Bible fleshes out in the long run. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It feels like this is like God's filter. It's like the first step of the filter for hearing like a prophetic word, and it's discerning what spirit is a person speaking from. Yeah. So it's like it, because the first, the verse right before that is you, is you know that when you were Gentiles, you were carried away to th- these dumb idols. However, you were led. And so he's talking about being led by idols or yeah. being led by the Spirit. Yeah. So it's like that yeah. first step. It doesn't mean if somebody says Jesus is Lord, then you're like, oh, good, I'm going to listen to your word and whatever yeah. you say works now. It's like right. yeah. step one, make sure that they're speaking from the Spirit of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only way to do that is by confessing 
out loud with their mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there are other uh, religions that use prophecy right. as well. I mean, Islam, the Quran has a lot of prophecy in it about the end times too, just like right. our Bible does. You know, um, the uh, Talmud has a lot. No wait. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The Talmud yeah. has a lot of prophecy in it about the end time as well. Um, and so, you know, we just have to know. And those are the two religions that would be more closely related to Christianity. You know, so. Um, so we just want to make sure that we know what we're getting into. So, let's look at this word prophecy in this section of scriptures. This word prophecy. Sorry, I'm just a second. <laughs> He's moving down the steps. This is the Greek word prophetia. Is this in this scripture? Right. Okay. Yes. What translation are you using? I'm using the ESV. Yeah. Only because I'm using the ESV. What is it? 1210. I heard someone say that the NASB, because it was. Uh, created by John MacArthur's Society of Like Theologians is uh, the nickname for it is the non-Arminian standard Bible, <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed about that really hard. <laughs> so anyway, because <laughs> they're hardcore Calvinists, so I mean, I yeah. Um, okay, so uh, prophetia means is defined as a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether by rebuking the wicked, um, comforting the afflicted, or revealing the hidden things, especially the foretelling of events. All right, so two types of prophecy in the New Testament. Here we go, you ready? The first type of prophecy is foretelling, which is making the hidden things known. But this can also be a foretelling, which is revealing what is to come. So in the New Testament, the types of prophecy that we walk in right now, it's not prophecy that is that right scripture. I want to get that out of the way right now or put it on the recording so everybody hears me, everybody knows. I'm not saying that just because you have the gift of prophecy, you have the authority to write scripture. And that you is... John, so many sensationists... I was about to name drop somebody. Uh... That John over there. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> many cessationists believe that if the gift of prophecy is still active, then that means scripture is not a closed canon, and that it can continue to be written and added to. Oh, that is that is one of the arguments for cessationism and why continuationism oh, is not a real thing. Oh my gosh! I just watched Mike Winger talk about it. It's yeah. so Mike Winger is a cheat. He can't be. Yeah. I like some. I I I like. He's well researched. I don't always agree with all of his conclusions, but he is very, very intelligent. His gift in the Ephesians four ministries is definitely that of a teacher. Hardcore, hardcore. Um, Anyways, sorry. So anyway, yeah. So it it is that is it is a thing. So um, when we talk about the gift of prophecy in the New Testament, I am not saying that any of us in this room or anyone else that has the gift of prophecy. especially Kat Kerr, is writing scripture. <laughs> um, 
So I, I, I do, I want to throw that out there. Nothing about spiritual gifts in the New Testament gives us any authority to add to the canon of Scripture whatsoever. That would be heretical. Yeah. All right, just going to throw that out there, drop it. We're going to leave it there. Hopefully we don't have to reiterate that any other time throughout this teaching series. Is that cool? New Testament prophecy, the gift of prophecy, is either foretelling, which is revealing the hidden things of the heart. I'm pretty sure at least everyone in here at some point has had someone come and prophesy over them about something they've been thinking about, some hidden thing that's happened to them in the past, some sort of hidden desire that they may have that they've been praying about. That would be foretelling. That is the type of prophecy that is foretelling. Now, there is also foretelling prophecy, and I want to throw this out there. Foretelling, which is getting the prophetic word about the future, takes a lot of wisdom, patience, and an intimate relationship with God that shakes the depths of who we are. And I say that because it's not for the faint of heart. So we need to use wisdom if we feel like we have a prophetic word about someone's future. I'm not saying don't give it. I'm saying prophesy. In, in Romans 12, it says prophesy according to your faith. If you do not have the faith to prophesy about someone's future and you think you have a word for it, follow your faith. Just don't do it. Now, if the Lord is pushing you and says this is time for you to grow, follow the Lord. Do it. But I, I want to encourage you. There are many a person that I have met who feel like the gifts of the Spirit have ceased because they got a prophetic word about their future that didn't come to pass. And they put all their ducks in that basket, all their eggs in that basket, and it didn't happen, you know? And so I I, want to encourage us to use wisdom. I'm not saying be scared. I'm not saying fall into the spirit of fear. I'm saying use wisdom when prophesying about somebody's future. And make sure that when you prophesy, well, we'll get into etiquette later. Just use wisdom. And when you receive Yes, use yep. wisdom. We'll talk about that too, receiving okay. the words as well. Um, I feel like that also takes a spirit of discernment. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right. I've had some this, wacky things prophesied over me, and I'm like... When it comes to the gift of discerning of spirits, there's a lot misunderstood about it, and so when we get to that <laughs> gift, we'll talk about that too. Because uh, a lot of people... I'll give you a brief summary right now since you brought it up, because oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're on it. We want to follow people's hunger and what they're saying. When it comes to the gift of discerning of spirits, a lot of people use that gift and they use it to be uh, critics and to only see the enemy. But the gift of discerning of spirits isn't just to discern the enemy's spirit, it's to discern God's spirit as well. What is God's spirit saying in this moment? What is God's spirit saying and doing in the room? Uh, You know, it's one of the gifts that I flow in very well, whether it's in a service that I'm like leading or a service that somebody else is leading. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a service and I can predict the Lord gives me insight into what is going to happen piece by piece. Um, you know, and one of, one of my strengths when we were identity house is I could sit back and God would mix the gift of faith with the gift of discerning of spirits. And I could, he would, he would give me insight, and I would know who would have the prophetic word, who would have the gift of tongues, who would have the interpretation. And literally, I mean, we would, we would. <laughs> for those of you guys who were there, you can testify to this. I would yeah. line people up <laughs> and be like, boom, 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 boom. And then the Holy Spirit would just, it was like a Holy Spirit bomb, you know. It felt like I was going super saying, and it would just drop, right? And so, um, 
you like I've been watching a lot of anime lately and it's, it's been really cool. I'm telling you you gotta so write a comic book. So anyway, um, getting back to prophecy. So in the Hebrew word, there are many Hebrew words. I don't have all of them on here. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the main definition that is used in the Old Testament and then I'm gonna give you some some side words. Um, and 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 it's gonna it's gonna make sense if you've been in prophetic situations. So the Hebrew word, in Hebrew, the word prophecy means to flow forth with a thought of spontaneous moving, of a spontaneous moving, to flow forth. It's a flow. Um, it is not premeditated nor previously thought about, but and all of a sudden something happens and we find ourselves moving in a realm other than what we normally are. Um, we do not go into a trance or lose control, but we are yielded to the Spirit. Uh, and when we are yielded, there is a spontaneous outburst or overflow. Um, every word of the Lord that comes forth will lift up. It may bring conviction, but before it is through, it will lift us up. It may deal with us by correcting us, but it will also deal with us in mercy. The word may cause us to know the error of our ways, but it will give us the solution so that we can come out of those realms and begin to live accept, accept, acceptably before the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so a couple, a couple words in the Old Testament. Roa, which is a seer. And a seer is someone who has prophetic revelation through visions. It's just another word for a prophet. A seer is just another word for a prophet. So if anybody ever walks up to you and they're like, oh, you're a seer, you can be like, oh, cool, I'm a prophet. I know what that is. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, Hosin, which is, <laughs> I got to get that that cough sound out. I didn't do it well. It means mental thoughts on on visionary perceptions or a seer. Again, it's another another prof, prophetic word, right? Uh, Masah, which means a burden. You know, intercessors are prophetic people. They get burdens and they pray into those burdens. Right? They're prophetic burdens. Um, Nabia, which means to bubble up or to gush forth, or to pour out. Um, take a burp. I know that sounds weird, but sometimes, I, I've heard of some prophetic people, not me typically, but some prophetic people, they get this like, oh, I feel like I got a burp. And I gotta pray for this person. So they'll go up and pray for them, and like, they get this prophetic, it's like this prophetic burp, this bubble that comes up, and then they're done. That's you know? crazy. Yeah, I've never felt that way. I've heard of other people describing it that way, so I want to throw that out there because I, I, I the experiences other people have help give us insight to what God could do in us, unless they're not biblical. Right. But I say burp because burp is a bubbling up of your acids and stuff in your stomach, right? And so, you know, um, <laughs> and then nataf, which means to drop or to fall as rain. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. I like that one. So, what does it, what does that have to do with 
with the with yeah. with the prophetic. Like so, the word dropping, are you dropping? Yeah, it's like to drop or to fall as rain. So it's like um, IHOP would be a great example of this. Maps is a great example of this. If you get into a a, a culture that's focused on prayer and worship, um, prophetic words just kind of fall mm -hmm. out of the air like rain. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yep. That's what one of our old churches was like. People would call it like a spiritual download. Yeah. And it's like it would be in like an atmosphere of prayer and it would people would just like kind of wander it would fall on multiple people. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So in all these words, if you if you've ever if you've ever walked in the gift of prophecy, almost all of these things have probably happened to you to some degree. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. And we'll We'll, we'll walk out like the manifestations of that, how God speaks to us in a little bit. But I, again, I want to give you a framework for what the Bible says about it so that you can begin to recognize maybe you've already walked in this gift to some degree and you just haven't realized it. Or maybe God's tried to give you prophetic words and you just haven't realized it because you didn't know what they were. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so the thing about the prophetic is that it will often use the word of wisdom which is described in 1 Corinthians 12. If you're reading the ESV, it says an utterance of wisdom. Um, so we're going to get into this eventually too, uh, probably after we get done with prophecy, or maybe even a little bit before, because it, it really does have to do with, with prophecy. Um, a word of wisdom is a prophetic word about the future. I don't know why that went off. I thought I turned everything off this one. Just my cell phone going off. Um, is one of the guys outside? I thought that was the guitar. No. Yeah, everything's wrong. Uh, so, word of wisdom is a prophetic word about the future. It's a, it can be a foretelling. Now, the reason why there's a distinction is because uh, you, you can look at the gift of prophecy almost like a vehicle where the other gifts kind of travel through with it. Because through the gift of prophecy, because prophecy is an utterance gift. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, theologians like to break this up in, in each um, into three different categories. You have um, the utterance gifts, which are, which are prophecy, um, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. You have the power gifts, which are faith, healing, and miracles. And then uh, you have, I think they're called revelation. revelation. Yeah, the revelation, revelatory, revelatory gifts. gifts, which are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Mm -hmm. So prophecy can be a vehicle for all of those things, which is why I think Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, he desires that all of us should prophesy because it's a way for the rest of the gifts to travel around in the group. Um, so for instance, if I get a, a word of wisdom and it stays in my head, but I worry about the future for myself or someone else, if it only stays in me and I don't release it, it's not prophecy. It's just a word of wisdom. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If I get a discerning of spirits about what's going on in the room, but I never release it, if it's never verbalized, then it doesn't become a prophetic word about the room that gives people insight. That and and you know in First Corinthians fourteen it says prophecy edifies, uh, exhorts, and comforts. Right, and so if in order to do that you have to speak. Right. Um, if God wants me to flow in the gift of healing, but I keep it inside and I don't do anything with it, 
then healing isn't activated, right? But if I speak it out, then several things have happened. I've been in meetings where I've spoken it out, and I've been like, does anybody need prayer for this? And they, I've had people raise their hands and go, I did, but the moment you spoke out that word, I got healed. Boom, healing, right there, right? Cool. Or we get into a situation like we were in tonight, I speak out the word, and we, we wrestle with the word a little bit, right? And then we pray for each other, and hopefully healing happens, right? Or, you know, uh, several weeks ago, we had a more intense prayer session with Maggie and got some prophetic insights into that with several different things. Uh, uh, you know, a word of knowledge about her past, a gift of discerning of spirits, that became a prophetic word about where she was at, and, and the gift of miracles, which is really what's needed to give people the baptism of the Holy Spirit and ignite the gifts, right? And so you've got... The, what you'll see a lot of the times is the gifts overlap with each other, and it be, sometimes it becomes hard to discern which gift is what, but oftentimes in the moment, that's not what is important. Mm -hmm. What is important is to realize that they all flow together, they should be flowing together, and the way that they flow together the best and the neatest is when, you, in my mind at least, you think about prophecy as a van that the eight other gifts travel in in order to make, make stuff happen and bring heaven to earth. Does that make sense? If I could just yeah. share something on that, because I think that's such an important point, especially for us, because one of the things uh, <clears throat> I've heard in past churches, I've heard from some people here, and I don't think it's bad, but I think it misses a point, is uh, when people look at the gifts and they go, which spiritual gift do I have? Like, which one is mine? Which one am I going to walk in? I think there's good parts about that, because it's, you know, the Lord might be highlighting something to supposed to grow. That's good. But when we limit ourselves to just, oh yeah, I feel like the Lord's calling me to a gift of discernment. You know, and we just limit ourselves to that. We miss out on, like Ron said, the fullness of the gifts. Yeah, It's less about acting in a specific gift and more of the basic verse that we started with of doing what the Father's doing, saying what He's saying. And so, I just, I, I love what you just said, and I just wanted to highlight it, that our heart should be not specifically like, I have to act in this gift, but I need to be connected to the Father so that I may be activated in all the gifts. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, in that verse where it says that we should, we should desire the highest gifts, I think it's at the end of 1st Corinthians 12, actually, or 13. Uh, I, I've heard... Um, Kenneth Hagin would say that we should desire the best gift for the moment. The highest gift, when, when we are desiring the highest gift, we should be looking at the situation that the Lord has placed us in and go, Lord, what's the best gift or the highest gift for this moment? What's going to bring heaven to earth in this moment? And, and so that's really how we should be looking at things. And I believe that, again, Paul said that, wrote in 1 Corinthians 14, that he desires that we should all prophesy. And to me, that says we all can because we can all hear from the Lord. And so if we can all do it, then that means the rest of the gifts are able to travel through that gift of prophecy because we see what the Lord is doing, we hear what the Lord is saying, and we follow suit. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So uh, oftentimes it'll use the word of wisdom. Oftentimes it'll use the word of knowledge as a prophetic word about somebody's past or present. Um if it's a true prophetic word of correction, and I think this is really important too, if, it, if it's a true prophetic word about correction, um, it will 
have an if, a then, and, and a but. What I mean to say by that is it will say something along the lines of if you do not turn away from this sin, the word of knowledge, then these curses will come to you. But if you will turn away, then this blessing and this blessing will come your way. When we look at the Old Testament, we look at uh, correction. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. We're not going to read the whole chapter because it's 68 verses. Um, Come on, we got time. Nope. No. We'll just read. uh, We'll just read verse one. It really does get the point across. It says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all the commandments that I have commanded you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Right? So that's verse. That's verses 1 through 2. Um, now if we jump forward and we jump to verse 15... It says, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all of his commandments and his statutes that I commanded you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. So the Lord gives 14 verses about the blessing and then he gives another 74, not 74, I'm sorry, 54 about curses. Um pretty big thing I, 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 and the reason why I bring this example up specifically is because you'll find a lot of the reason why people might be sick, there are specific sicknesses that are listed in that if you want to read through it in your own time I, I really encourage you, you'll find some insight into it but in these sessions of verses you see all those words, you see the if then and the but it's a prophetic word of correction the Lord is making sure that his people know hey I want to bless you. Please follow my commandments. But if you don't, my protection's not over you. So the enemy's going to come in and these are all the bad things that are going to happen. Right? I say that to say because there are a lot of people that have tried to give prophetic words of correction and have not done it the right way, have not done it with the heart of the Lord in, in mind. Now, the prophetic will correct us, but it will also have mercy attached to it. The Lord doesn't correct us without his mercy in play because he wants us to see that he loves us and he's giving us the chance to change. Does that make sense? All right. So what happens if you got a correction for somebody to go about delivering it incorrectly or unaffectively? You burn at the stake. Well, good to know. No, I I think um, it's a learning process. Right, so I'm not going to say. The unfortunate thing in America is because we don't have a set language, really, is that we're constantly in a crisis of terminology. Our terminology for everything changes all the time. And so we have to be gracious towards ourselves and towards the people that we're trying to minister to. Um, And so it would depend on the situation for me to really answer that well what I will say is that if it's not received well you have to let it go 
whether you need to forgive yourself and move on or forgive that person because they just didn't want to repent to let it go, right? Um, but I would also say if it was your fault, pray about it first and foremost. Make sure that you carried the heart of the Lord in it. Uh, make sure you carried his compassion and his mercy, but also his justice. Because sometimes the issue is we stress how much God wants to bless somebody, but we negate the justice aspect, and we say, oh, we, it's almost like we're excusing the sin. Um, I would say that that's probably more so what we do nowadays, but I think we can all say we've had issues with the Turner Burn, Fire and Brimstone preachers, but there's a place for them in the kingdom too. And so their issue would be they're all justice and not enough mercy and compassion. You know? Although, I will say, that if somebody, if I was about to run into a burning building, I would want the turn or burn person to be like, you need to turn around or you're going to burn. Right. And so yeah. as I've matured in the Lord, I, I've almost wanted to say maybe I've been a little wrong about some of those people because they loved me enough to tell me something was wrong, yeah. whereas other people didn't love me enough to tell me something was wrong and that I could be heading in the wrong direction. You know, and so, uh, but I, I say that to say, we need to mature to the point to where we carry the compassion of the Lord, but also the justice of the Lord. And we need to learn how to exegete the person in front of us, the way that we would exegete scripture. We need to exegete the person in front of us and their context so that we can minister to them within that, give them the Bible within that, you know, explain uh, exegeting them. So exegeting them would be, so within the context of scripture there are there's exegeting the scripture which means looking at the scripture in scripture's context um, and then there's eisegeting it which means reading our own context into it so when we would exegete a person we would look at them in their context put ourselves in their shoes we, we would put ourselves in their shoes and we go okay if I were in their shoes how would I want to hear this um, rather than looking at them and going I would want to hear it this way, you know, or, uh, for instance, I'm a millennial, I'm not a Gen Zer, but I've heard a lot of Gen Z slang lately, so I've done a deep dive on Gen Z slang, and it's fascinating to me, it's, it's, you know, it, it is, so, you know, it, speaking to people in this room, I, I would talk very plainly, the way I talk normally, right, I, I would, I would say, you know, hey man, you know, John, if, if you don't stop this sin of uh, pooping on the toilet for too long, then the Lord's <laughs> going to come and you know punish you for that in some way, shape, or form, right? But uh, if I wanted to talk to uh, a Gen Z, uh, I would be like, you know, man, uh, you know, no cap. If you don't stop capping. Uh, I'm going to have to raise you yeah, up. Bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Cut that from the podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the clip. Right? Uh, that's the clip. But, but if you repent, you know, the Lord's going to bring you blessings your way that are going to be busting. You know, like, I, I don't know. He will riz you right up. You know, like, the Lord's got the riz. You know, just listen to him. Uh, yeah. But, I, I, you know. 
So, keep in mind, I have, I have just, I have just learned these words within the past week, so I'm probably using some of them wrong. But you should break into the peaches song for the Jesus version. Oh, I love the peaches song. So anyway, it's it's our responsibility to learn how to cr- communicate pe- to people well and exegete them well, so we're meeting them where they're at. It's not our responsibility for them to receive what we're saying. That's on the Lord in that. What, what, what they're going to do in their heart and what the Lord's going to do in their heart, that's, that's on them. Our only responsibility is, okay, how do, I, how do I communicate this better? In a way that they understand it, in a way that, I, that they might receive it, based on where they come from. Yeah. Or like if you know someone struggles with pride, asking questions and prompting their heart and getting them to come to the conclusion rather yeah. than just, like, just telling them flat yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always work. Bro, I think you struggle with the spirit of a Viathan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's Excuse pride. Me, what? I'm not prideful. Yeah, I don't know. So, ooh, yeah. Well, it, oh, that's a rabbit hole. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, does that make sense? We keep going. All right, let's keep going. Um, every prophetic word that is given is meant to reveal the Father's heart and love towards a person. It will give them. It will. This is this is important. A prophetic word will give them their free will back, and give them the option or the opportunity to break the power of sin in their life. This is very important. Yes. Every prophetic word that is given is meant to reveal the Father's heart and love towards a person. It will give them their free will back and give them the opportunity to break the power of sin in their life. Um, There are a lot of people who have uh, come out of the homosexual movement and a lot of them, at least in the Pentecostal and charismatic circles, um, maybe not so much like sensationist circles, but a lot of them have said that what broke them out of that, and broke the power of sin, was a prophetic word about their identity. How did God see them, and what did God have destined for them? It was a powerful moment that gave them the grace to look at their sin and go, "This is wrong. I can't keep doing this." And then they had the free will after that to make the choice to to at least begin the process of walking away. For some of them, it was right in that moment. For some of them, it was, uh, you know, a journey. Um, but we have to remember that when we, when we deal with God's power and His gifts, every gift He gives us is to change us to look more and more like Jesus. Because that's what glorifies Him. And if the chief goal of man is to glorify the Lord, which is what is written in our creeds as Christians, then then we have to remember that everything that we do, if we're doing it unto the Lord, it's to glorify Him. And and that includes walking in His power. That's why pursuing love and spiritual gifts hand in hand is, is so important. Because if we, if, if we pursue spiritual gifts for the sake of having gifts and being puffed up and being these mighty ministers, then we miss out on what the Lord is actually doing in people's lives. We don't slow down. We just keep putting notches in our belt. Um, 
But if we pursue love without the spiritual gifts, then we're really just compromising and telling people that the Lord loves them without having the power that backs up the message of the gospel and actually breaks them free from the sin that Jesus died to save them from in the first place. Does that make sense? Um, here's, another, here's another little pointer. God is patient. If the word is rushed, then it probably isn't from God. If you need to interrupt someone speaking, if, if you need to interrupt someone speaking, then it probably isn't from God. If you feel like the word is more important than what God is saying through others, it may not be God speaking through you. So what I mean by that is, Every, every service that we're in is done decently and in order. That's why when you see prophetic words happen so far within Maranatha House and even Identity House, they, they build upon each other. It's like, you know, um, to the untrained eye, it would almost look like everybody got together and talked and was like, okay, does this, prophetic, this sound good as a prophetic word? Yeah, this, this sounds good. I'll build upon it this way. No, it's the Holy Spirit building upon things. Um, now, if that session ends in the, in the whoever's going to be speaking or teaching that night gets up and begins speaking, but somebody else comes in and interrupts because they feel like they've got the super important prophetic word from the Lord, that person probably isn't walking in the Spirit of God. Because the Lord does everything decently and in order. Now, it's possible that potentially they miss that prophetic word and it doesn't need to be spoken. But if it's really from God, they're going to submit it to the right chain of, of command so that it gets back up and we can go, okay, let's... Let's weigh it before we release it. See if it lines up and builds upon what the Lord is doing that evening. Does that make sense? Um, the other thing is that, uh, you know, if, if you feel like the prophetic word that you have is more important than what you see the Lord doing through everyone else in the room, it probably isn't from the Lord because it, the Lord isn't going to be like, oh, this is way more important. Go tell it. That's, that's pride telling you that it's way more important. The Lord is touching everybody individually and we come together as a body no, no one thing it says it in the later in second in first corinthians 12 no one thing is more important than the other and if you feel like something is more important than than something else then the thing that you think is lesser is the thing that you need to be exalting it's the weaker parts of the body or the weaker gifts that you think are happening in the moment that need to be exalted and the things that you think are more important need to be pushed down and and not pushed down in the sense it's like pushed aside but but you, you need to wait upon it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So so here's some tips. In 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 uh, in some cases, sometimes the word is from God, but we have so much spiritual garbage that the slightest thing will offset how we interpret the word that God has given us. Mm -hmm. This is why. Remember when I was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I said that, and when we did this intro to spiritual gifts, I said that the Romans 12 gifts, without repentance, they're going to come either way, because most of those gifts are, are personality gifts. Even unbelievers walk in those gifts, right? But the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He can be quenched. And if he can be grieved and quenched, and that means his gifts are not without repentance, as much as some people might teach that. And if that's true... And the thing that grieves him and quenches him is our sin. Then it's possible that we mishear God, misrepresent God when it comes to the prophetic, 
because of our own spiritual garbage that we need to take care of. So I say that to say that when we go to prophesy, we need to take into account we have to weigh things in our heart, right? Make sure that we are we're clean and we're not going after something and we're not getting a prophetic word because we're pissed off about something. You know what I mean? Or we're not getting a, 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 a prophetic word because uh, because this person didn't listen to us the first time. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, being in a church service and having a prophetic word is not a, an excuse to go tell someone the, for the third time that, hey, you need to get over this thing because I've given you advice over two or three times already and you haven't been listening to me. So maybe if I throw a prophetic word about it, then you'll be all right. You know, you'll finally listen. That's not... That's not how we do things, you know. Um, so how would you uh, how would you discern if you are correctly hearing from God? Well, in First Corinthians fourteen, it says that let the prophets judge the word, right? And so, if it's a word for the group as a whole, you would submit it to the pastor and go, "Hey, does this line up?" Right? If it's a word for someone in particular, like for instance, there was a moment a couple weeks ago where someone in the room, we were praying for them, they were having a hard time, they were being blocked, and uh, I went over to Cameron and I said, hey, I got this word, I want to make sure it's real and not just me reading too much into this. This is the word. What do you think? And he said they'll go get it you know and so if we're if we're in a if we're in a culture of people who do hear from the Lord and see and have discernment then we can submit the words to to someone trusted typically I would say like go to a pastor or the elder of the church who is gifted in prophecy or might be might hold the office of a prophet and say hey this is what I've got when you think um, but there's always the chance that maybe Maybe we just need to give it and miss it. Um, that's not to say that it's a failure, necessarily, because we can't. We, we don't want to think about failure, excuse me, by worldly means. But if the Lord works all things together for our good, because we love Him and we're called according to His purposes, then, then we have to let learning situations play out. Um, so, for instance, in Judges... Before Israel goes to war with Canaan, there's a story in Judges where they they do everything they're supposed to do. They sacrifice two times to the Lord. Uh, well, they sacrifice one time, and then they go to battle. They lose a thousand men. The next day, they do it again. They lose another thousand men. Finally, they're like, Lord, what do we do? Are we doing something wrong? And the Lord's like, no. Do the third time. He'll be fine. They go out, slaughter everybody. They don't lose one person. Sometimes it's a it's it's a situation to learn diligence and to heighten your own ability to hear um, especially if if it's one of those situations where you feel like man I, I, I don't think I have anything in the way why did I hear incorrectly well the Lord's not necessarily saying that anything was in the way he's saying come, come deeper get closer and in a practical way Something that I've used is if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask and the Lord will give it liberally. Yeah. So there was a time I feel like I got a prophetic word about someone and then I asked 
should I tell them? And the Lord was like, no. Yeah. This is not for you to tell. Because I knew bits about the situation, so I had insight that I shouldn't have even known. Yeah. Because of hearing things, you know. Yeah. And the Lord didn't want me to break that trust with the person, but yeah. then I can intercede for them. Yeah. But the main thing is, like, if you're not sure, just ask the Lord. Because yeah. he promises that he will give wisdom in situations. Yeah. Always. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, uh, another little tip. If someone's prophesying over you and you have a weird feeling about it, bring a buddy. Bring a friend. And if they're like, if they're not willing to wait for you to go get a buddy to test the spirit that's behind the prophetic word, it probably isn't a word from Jesus. Yeah, that's a good point. The Lord is patient. Love is first patient, right? If God is first patient, the first fruit of the spirit is love, and then it's joy, and then the third one is patience, right? The Lord, what is it? Love, joy, peace. Peace, patience. Sorry, fourth one. Come on now. That fourth one. My bad. I said Jesus, man. So close. So close. <laughs> I'm learning still. Lord, I repent. Uh, then, if they're not willing to wait, then it's possible that they're not really looking to give you a word from the Lord. They're looking to give you a word from a different spirit. You know? These are just real practical, simple things to look for as we get into things. Um, as we define what prophecy is and, and what it isn't. And, and these are just things to look for when, when you're in a, in a situation where it's a big group of people um, or when people are trying to prophesy over you. Now, we'll get into prophecy etiquette later on because there is some etiquette to how we should be operating in the gift. But I just kind of want to, um, like I said, I want to go through some of these things and get some of these things out of the way so we begin to have a framework for stuff. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. Um, and look at verses 1 through 5. It says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he others mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. Alright, so... This form of prophecy, right here, same same word that we looked at earlier. Uh, these verses take it a little bit deeper and kind of clarify it a little bit. It is to edify, encourage, and uplift. That is what prophecy is supposed to do. Um, it it is also supposed to convict. Um, it doesn't say it in these verses specifically, but if you look at <laughs> everywhere else in the Bible, prophecy typically convicts people of what they're doing, right? Um, so, but this type of prophecy, if you were around during IDH, this is what we did a lot. We said, hey, does anybody need prayer? We would get prophetic words out, you know, to people all the time. We, we had a culture of, we had a prophetic culture um, there, which is what we're hoping to build here at Maranatha House, right? And so, 
Um, we want to be a people that edify and encourage and uplift each other. And when the time comes, if conviction is needed, we are willing to give out this prophetic words of conviction so that heart changes can happen. Right? Um, one of the first nights that I was here, I gave a prophetic word about pornography and lust that uh, set people up to receive. I know because they later told me the baptism of the Holy Spirit that night. And it like, man, that night was awesome. Like the Holy Spirit came in and lit up the room. Right? But that was a prophetic word of conviction that also uplifted so that people could see what God was going to do next. Um, so, um, we want to be a people that are willing to do those things. Uh, this is where this is where we see the best in people and we, we work with the Holy Spirit to pull it out of them. We have to see how God sees. Not just speak what he's saying, but see how he sees. Remember earlier I said that the that the prophetic, the gift of prophecy, the prophetic is more than just speaking things. It's it's in what we do, it's in what we see, it's 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 in what we what we hear, you know. Um, sometimes it can be in what we taste, what we smell. You know, there there have been moments the, the Bible says that uh, our worship is like a sweet aroma. There have been moments where I've been in my car worshiping by myself and for whatever reason I smell raspberries. I love the smell of raspberries. It's real weird, but I'll I I will smell raspberries and it's like the sweet aroma that the Lord's like, yeah, this is this is a sweet aroma to me. I want you to know that. You know, it's 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 that encouragement. Um, there there have been moments where the Bible says, taste and see if the Lord is good. There have been moments where in worship I've gotten a taste in my mouth that shouldn't shouldn't have been there. You know, it's been several different things in the past. Uh, guys are going to be like that's so wrong sometimes I will get the taste of pumpkin spice lattes when I'm in the middle of worshiping the Lord and it's like taste and see that the Lord is good I know I'm so basic hashtag basic I'm so basic but I, I, I want to give you guys a framework because the Lord speaks to us in several different ways and being being prophetic walking in the gift of prophecy we are we are supposed to train our senses to see him in his fullness, right? And so that's kind of what I want to challenge you with. And I don't want it to be like this great big mystery of like, oh, these are like all these crazy like things. That's not what I'm saying. I want to, if anything, I want to demystify the spiritual gifts so you guys can know how the spirit moves and make it practical so it doesn't seem scary and weird. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, so in this type of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14, we see... Uh, it's most, mostly foretelling, right? And so um, to foretell means to make things known. Here's where, here we are making known to the person and the witnesses around us how God sees his children. He always has nice things to say about his kids, no matter what. All right? The most prophetic thing that you can walk up to a person and say is, hey, Jesus loves you. You should follow him. Boom. Easy prophetic word. Mm-hmm. We're just encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Bickle has a joke that if someone asks for a prophetic word from him, he's like, I always have one for you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And they're like, oh, I wanted something more. He's like, it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> it wraps up everything. Yeah. So, um, how long have I been going for? 
an hour. This is probably a good place to end, and I'll pick up the next subject in two weeks. Because uh, I think I covered a lot. Um, do you guys have any questions, comments, concerns about what we've covered already? I know people were kind of asking in the moment. One thing that I'm curious of is, like, sometimes when I felt like I'm getting a word, I feel like, uh, I don't, I don't think that it's impatience. I feel like it's urgency. Yeah. Or, like, I'm afraid I'm going to forget it. Or I'm really excited or something. Yeah. Do you feel like the Lord can be quick with like urgency with a prophetic word, or do you think it's always pretty patient? And um, I guess patient doesn't always mean slow. No, it doesn't mean slow. It just means you're you're willing to wait if needed. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So like you could be like, maybe you get a prophetic word about me, and I'm having a bad day, right? And you feel. Like, it's urgent. Like, it's about, like, me finally getting healed of diabetes. But because I'm having a bad day and I'm having trouble with discernment, not that I have anything against you, but maybe I say, hey, let's wait for Kate to get here. Or, hey, let me wait for Kate to get on the phone. You might be like, I got to give this word to you, but I'm willing to wait to love you well because I see that you're having a bad day and you want some yeah. discernment on the issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that, you're, you're still, the Lord's still urgent. Like, I, like, you need to give me this word, you know, uh, because you want to be obedient. There's urgency in that, but you're willing to be patient and wait on the person in front of you in order to yeah. in order to exegete them, well, yeah. so to speak. That makes does, that, sense. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. this all throughout the Old Testament because we have the major and the minor prophets. I mean, almost almost all of those books are nothing but prophecy, right? If you're having doubts, write down. Write down who it's for, write down what the prophecy is, write down the date. Mm-hmm. You know? And then give it to them when you have the time, when the time is right. Like, yeah. I mean, we live in a day and age where everybody's accessible all the time. If you've got their phone number, just text it to them. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different ways that you can you can do this um, nowadays. So, uh, it's really easy to... I won't say it's really easy. The idea of being patient is very simple. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, we can be simple. We can be patient with it. Um, you know, the Lord isn't gonna. What's it say in Peter? First Peter, 
the Lord is not slack as some may think, but willing to uh, be patient in order that all may come to repentance and the knowledge of His Son Jesus, right. something like that. And so, even even His urgency isn't urgency in the way that we would think about urgency. It's not frantic. Right. Yeah. You know, He's not gonna give us a prophetic word and then expect us to run around like a chicken with our heads cut off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. right. So. Um, cool. Anything else? Questions, comments, concerns, debates? We're going uh, early tonight. Well, not you said <laughs> No, I have a question, but it's not particular about today. Okay. It's about a conversation that came up. Um, and I want maybe your, your, it's about spiritual gifts. Okay. But I, is it recording worthy? Or? No. Okay. No. Well, okay. no. Well, no. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna hold on to it for a I'm second. Gonna yeah, I'm gonna yeah. hold on to it for a second, actually. Yeah, because I'm about to let names rip. What's that? Because I'm about to let names rip. Oh, just joking. Camera tips. Yeah. I would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard it knock. I just like. I think uh, one thing that we started talking about, and we're probably gonna talk about more, but yeah. that I would love to emphasize. Because I've seen a lot of, I've been in a lot of churches and seen a lot of churches focus on like just the fact, the idea of prophecy and all this stuff. And I, one of the beautiful things about Identity House was the flow of honor and respect within the body towards other people. Yeah. And the humility of being like given a prophetic word to where people were like so humble when they got a word it wasn't they wouldn't just rush out and go give that word immediately because they just were so excited they would go find a leader and submit it to them yeah. and that leader would have the opportunity to say yeah that's from the Lord or no I think you might need to go think more on it but I think that that was one of the harder things for me coming into Identity House because I hadn't been around that and in my mind coming from where I came from that looked like control that looked like manipulation um, but what I found was there's such safety and honor and love and respect for the body as a whole yeah. and for for God as a whole yeah. um, and if I can emphasize anything for our church it's that that none of us are trying to be uh read the crystal ball and have like all the words and always have something to say and you know I don't think any of us want that I think really what all of us want is for God to be glorified yeah. um, us to be used for him and so I think as as we're going through this just keep in mind the, the character of Christ Philippians 2 that he didn't consider equality with God something to be attained. Yeah. Don't consider prophecy some way to get powerful or some way to be like seen or more spiritual. Like the more you get gifted with prophecy, the more you realize I'm way less spiritual than I think. That's, yeah. like, that's the beautiful conundrum. So I feel like I could ramble on this for a long time. Uh, and I know you're probably going to talk about it more, but it yeah. was just something we started going over that I think is my heart really big and even 
for you, John, with where you're going to different places. It's like, if we can carry that culture, I think we'd see the prophetic be much more respected within the body and amongst different denominations. Yeah. Um, and it's a witness to people who are more cessationist. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate the culture that Identity House has like created and then us. Right. Because like coming from places where like it was open mic right. and nobody like everybody just went and did their thing. Yep. And like I can specifically remember the same one person every time he'll grab a microphone, like I just feel so sick. Yeah. You know, because it was thus saith the Lord and like yeah. do all of his stuff and I'm just like it's it's yeah. not the time something's wrong every single yeah. time. I don't yeah. know what it is. You're and it's like I just I love the fact that like we can practice yeah. and we can like, hey, I'm not sure, but let's work on it. Yeah. And like, you're not gonna come up and be like, that was the wrongest thing you've ever done. Yeah. You can never <laughs> speak again. Yeah. You, know, like, you know, there's more grace and more like yeah. gentleness right. and humility about it. And right. I really appreciate yeah. that because yeah. for so long it was like, well, I'm never gonna do that because I don't want people to think of me as that guy. You know, yeah. like if I do it yeah. wrong, oh, yeah. I don't want to make anyone feel the way yeah. that person makes me feel when they do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And. Uh, you know, we'll get into this as we teach about, as I, as I like teach about etiquette and like how you receive prophetic words and what they sound like, you know, uh, but as much as I might bring up situations where things panned out, (laughs) 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 what, what you don't hear me talk about or what you didn't hear me talk about today is all the times that I tried to hear from the Lord and misheard. Uh, or didn't hear him correctly at all. I just made it up, or I heard from the enemy, and because of that, I fell flat on my face and was rejected, humiliated, whatever it may be. Um, you know, it, but what what's important isn't um, what's important is that we learn obedience through the things that we suffer, and sometimes suffering comes from the enemy. Sometimes suffering comes from our own hand. Uh, and as much as we don't like to admit this in continuation of circles, sometimes suffering comes from the Lord. Yeah. And it's not that He sets us up to fail or to be humiliated. It's He sets us up to practice walking in His character and walking in the fruit of the Spirit because He does test us. And he does give us trials. And as much as we don't like to admit it, He is the one that causes tribulation to happen. Um, and we will be refined in some, in, through fire, either on this side of eternity or the next. And so um, we need to keep that in mind because if he's good and we trust him, then, then we want to be as obedient as possible to glorify him as much as we can. You know, so that we mature. We have to look at this uh, not as let's get everything right all the time, but let's let's partner with the Holy Spirit so that we mature and we mature together. You know, um, that's really the end goal. Because the more we mature, the more we glorify the Lord. You know, um, it's the whole point of sanctification. So trial, error, like embrace it all. You can't get good at something, including being obedient, without trying as much as you might fail eventually you'll get it right and then you'll be sanctified in that area and that's not to excuse the failure you know but 
the Lord's also not going to punish you for trying, you know, and having the right heart motive, but just missing the, the mark at that time, you know, like, it's hard to shoot a bow and arrow, and when you look at the words for sin uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the word sin means to be an archer and go to shoot the arrow and miss the mark, but what's the mark? Well, uh, the word for Torah, the root word for Torah, which is the commandments of God, right, is yara, which means to be an archer and hit the mark. And so uh, one of the reasons why I still think that we need to follow more of the Torah than we do as Christians is because when we talk about sin, well, what is sin? It's to miss the mark of the Torah, right? And so um, anyway, what I mean to say by all that is if you're a good coach and you see you see a person practicing archery and they're just not strong enough yet to pull the arrow far enough back to hit the mark, you're not going to punish them for it. Right? You're going to encourage them to keep trying because their heart is pure. Yeah. Maybe listen to me. Maybe that a little bit too. Yeah. That's somebody who had to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a bow appropriate for their age. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right? And so, you know, we glory to glory, faith to faith, moving forward. It's a, it's, it's a, you can ask John's dad, it's a journey, you know. Oh my God. Fuck the train church. I'm just kidding. So, alright, anything else? The last thing I'll say is I just think it was very interesting. It's been noodling in my head and I haven't wanted to say it, but I'm just going to say it. It's the, I, I've seen this before, that prophecy is like the higher gift. Prophecy is really just like word of wisdom or word of knowledge or word of discernment or some of those other gifts in action, like spoken. Yeah. And so it's yeah. interesting that the Lord puts the emphasis on the gift of action, yeah. and not just receiving the wisdom and the knowledge. Yeah. Very. Uh, yeah. Well, faith without works is dead, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it's just a very much in line with some of the things we've talked about for the past two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> of, letting our faith not be empty and be like Greek minded where everything was spiritual and but very Jewish minded of like even the physical stuff I do is spiritual. Yeah. So the Greek mind was more philosophical. Yeah. Exactly. The spiritual side of things is philosophical. We don't have I can't to wait anything. to get to heaven when I die. Yeah. It's just like let's bring heaven, heaven to earth now. now. Yeah. yeah. The now and not yet. Yep. You know? Um yeah, exactly. So that's really good. And you know, I keep throwing this out there for you guys. You want a place to come and practice? I got plenty of outreach opportunities. You got to come practice yeah, as much as you want. We're, we're gonna go. You know, go. so uh, we gotta get a first Friday in. You know, just let me know. Um, so, yeah. Anything else? Questions, comments, concerns? Before I debate Angel. What? <laughs> or deb- or debate the guy that planted a weird thought in Angel's head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, give him ammo um, to go back to. He's a Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> a weird guy. Damn weird it, guy. <laughs> I'm kind of Maggie's prophet yeah, in these situations. Uh, Alright, cool. I'm going to close in prayer. Um, before I close, I'll, I'll give you this assignment um, to research if you want to have fun with theology. Uh, how many different spirits can you prophesy out of? That's my question for next time. How many different spirits can you prophesy out of? Seventy times seven. That's <laughs> whatever. Abba, we come before you in the name of Jesus. 
Uh, we thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you that theology is to train us to love you wholeheartedly with our minds. Um, and when we love you with our minds, we're also loving you with our spirit. Lord, I thank you that the word ruach in the Old Testament means both spirit and mind. Our mind and our spirit are closely related. And so, um, I pray that what we learn tonight in our minds is head knowledge would travel deep into our being and, and just connect all the parts that it needs to be connected to so that we love you more deeply. Um, and we understand you better. We understand your character, who you are, how much you love us, and how much you love the people around us. Lord, we thank you for making things simple and giving us practical steps to walk out the gift of prophecy. Um, we glorify you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope today's podcast blessed you. And as always, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus.